go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. 37-35 bucks over the Knicks at the end of the first quarter, so defense is clearly optional in this in-season tournament game, Ryan. Tim's looking rough tonight. Looking like he hasn't slept in about four days. Looking like me. Well, listen, he's, uh, he's pumped. He's ready. He's excited. He is it's an in-season tournament game. These games matter. You're in on it. I'm in on it. Think Tibbs is in Love on it. it? I. You know what? I think he's competitive enough where it's going to make sense for him to care. But he'd rather win an NBA. T- like, here's the thing. There's not one team in the right. NBA or one player that would say they would choose to win this tournament over an NBA title. But there's a lot of teams that know they don't have a shot and they have a better shot of winning this. So. There's like the Pacers. A, yeah, the Pacers have been, oh, you know, I don't know. I like that Pacers team. Half a million dollars, too, for, you know, everybody. They don't everybody play else. a lot of defense, but it might not matter. No, no last don't. night they did. I mean, they held, in, in parentheses <laughs> here, the Celtics to 112. For them, that's actually a great defensive effort. Say, yeah. Let's be honest. If you're the Pacers, it's just really first one to 150. Yeah. Which is what I would always joke about when it came to the Wizards, too. It's still kind of the Wizards, but, you know, it's just a whole different thing. That's why we say in the open, right, don't bet on the Wizards, and you still do. So, there's hey, they that. Got a, uh, they're they 3-16 and 16 now. Things there are you coming go. around a little there bit. There you go. <laughs> Josh Robbins covers the Wizards and the NBA for The Athletic. Also co-hosts the Bullet Points podcast. Jumps on with us. And uh, what do you think so far of the in-season tournament? The results, the reaction from players, it really has kind of felt like, hey, this doesn't, it's not like the NBA playoffs, but it does feel like there's a little extra juice to these games. Especially now, especially on, and especially on the yeah. final night of group play. Uh, before that, not so much, but this mm-hmm. is new. It's an experiment. Uh, reasonable experimentation in the NBA is a good thing. And I think it's it's gotten off to a good start. We're really going to know whether this thing can start to gain traction maybe next year, but also with the rest of these quarterfinal games, and especially when these teams get to Vegas. You know, what is the atmosphere like in that arena? Is it packed? Uh, are they loud? How do the players play? Uh, that's really what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and Josh, you know, we were talking about the Indiana Pacers, you know, some of these up-and-coming or these, you know, younger teams in the Eastern Conference. What's your opinion? What are your early thoughts on the Orlando Magic? Uh, I kind of bought in last year, maybe a year too early. They were young, but I just really like this roster. They're 14-6 and six right now, 9-2 and two at home, uh, playing really good basketball, 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. Uh, what do you think their ceiling is this year? Well, that's a, a good question. Not that the first question wasn't good. It's just that I happened to be in Orlando all last week, and I used to cover that team for 13 years or so. Uh, I was, I'm was i surprised at how quickly they've turned this around after the start of their most recent rebuild in 2021. It hasn't even been doing some arithmetic. Actually, it has been more than two years. They play great defense, and they try hard. Uh, their effort is one of their biggest strengths, but really it's their positional size. If you look at their backcourt right now, uh, without Markel Fultz, they've got six foot five Jalen Suggs, who's a all defensive second team, maybe first team candidate. Anthony Black, who's six seven, and then across the board on the front line, they're six ten or six eleven. So positional size and want to, when you put those together, 
with a scheme that everyone understands, uh, you're onto something in the regular season, and I think they are onto something in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, right now, Josh, they're sitting second in the Eastern Conference, and I know we got a long, long season to go, and it's dangerous to play the game right now if the playoffs started today. But let's be honest. We, we do think about those kind of things when we watch a team like the Magic look the way that they look right now. Are they a team that you watch and say, you know, they could kind of stick around in maybe those top four spots in the Eastern Conference? I think they could be – I think they can contend for six – maybe five. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got a really, really tough schedule coming up uh, from the middle of this month pretty much through the end of January. A lot of road trips, a lot of tough games against top-level teams. For example, I think they play in Boston in back-to-back -back games. Uh, so they are thinking that if they can just emerge from that stretch somewhere around 500, then they might be able to take off over the final... 30 games or so, uh, which would put them in contention to avoid the play-in. And if they can get to sixth, or as you say, even better, well, that would be a tremendous leap for them, a, a really a big sign of improvement, a big sign of improvement. Last night, yeah, last night we watched uh, Boston get, I guess, upset by the Pacers. Right now we're watching the Bucks and the Knicks. You know, you look at the Eastern Conference, which team, and then I guess we could even throw in Philadelphia, which team in the East do you feel best about? as a title contender. You know, a lot of people were hyped up about the Bucks preseason, yeah. but really struggling with perimeter defense right now. And then Boston's been there the last couple of years, but they haven't closed the deal. Well, last year they got beat by Miami, but you get the point. Yeah, I do get the point. Uh, you're a better talker than I am, unfortunately for your, or fortunately for your show. <laughs> unfortunately for your show, you put me on. Uh, Boston. Boston. Uh, what, yeah. would what would worry me, though, with Boston is their depth or really their lack thereof. If they lose Porzingis and people from Washington and certainly Dallas and New York, they're aware of this. He, he is injury prone. He's made strides, but he is injury prone. And so he's someone who can they depend on him? I'm at best agnostic on that. Uh, if he's healthy and he's ready to play, then they are really set to set to take off. Uh, they've got two great perimeter scores. They've got defense everywhere. Uh, so I would still say, even with the concerns about the depth, possibly Porzingis, if he can't stay healthy, Boston is my, would be the team I think is, that is going to emerge out of the East. Yeah. Talking to Josh Robbins, BetMGM tonight. You cover the Wizards for the Athletic. Uh, I've I've spent years covering that team myself. You're doing God's work, having to deal with some of the uh, awfulness of that team. It feels like almost game after game. They just don't play any defense. They're near and dear to my heart, Josh. But it is it's so frustrating. Even though we know it's a full rebuild with that team, we joke a lot on this show about not betting on the Wizards because Ryan does it on a regular basis. <laughs> but I feel like every single game, like you go in, you know, nobody's going to play any defense. You take it over in the game, you feel comfortable with it. So, but but as this year goes on, I mean, we've got certain players on there that may have some value on the trade market. Could you see the Wizards being a team that maybe a contender tries to poach closer to the deadline to snag somebody like a maybe a Kyle Kuzma? I don't know about Jordan Poole right now, but maybe a Kyle Kuzma for somebody that's looking at an extra piece. Well, I'm certain they're going to try. It, mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, opportunity favors the bold, right? Um, not my phrase, but it works in this case. Yes, they're going to come circling around the Wizards like vultures ahead of the trade deadline because the Wizards are racing to the bottom and it's and they are working to try to get more draft capital, which is not something they had a ton of 
when this new front office was hired. Uh, so there's no question that teams are going to come sniffing around their players. Kyle Kuzma tested NBA Finals winner. I'm not saying that that's LeBron and Anthony Davis's team, but he played a big role there. Uh, De Danilo Gallinari, DeLon Wright, Tyus Jones, uh, Landry Shamit. Um, all of those guys are going to get sniffs from other teams. And depending on the quality of the offers... I think the, the Wizards may be open for business. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. You know, I was really excited about Johnny Davis. I know everybody wasn't thrilled yeah. with the draft pick, but I'm a Wisconsin guy, and he struggled. I know he's dealing with an injury, but he's averaging three points per game. Looks like he really needs the G League or something. What's your opinion on him, and, you know, like, what are you seeing from him? Do you think he has a shot to play in this league? Because right now it just doesn't look good when he is out there. Funny that you asked that, or actually – Probably, your report, repertorial instincts are coming through loud and clear. Wes Unsell Jr. was asked this today and actually said that he's happy with Johnny Davis's production in the time he's, he's out there, the per 36 minutes. I don't see that as much. I don't. Um, he, he has struggled. Now, why has he struggled? Is he athletic enough? Is he big enough? These are fair questions. Uh, has he been developed properly? Again, a, a fair question. Uh, I think that right now he's fighting for his NBA future. Next year, his contract has been guaranteed for next year. That'll be the third year of a four-year um, rookie scale contract. Uh, and look, I haven't spoken to the front office about it, but I would have to think that for 24-25, uh, that's a decision that they're going to have to make. Usually it's a, it's a rubber stamp on someone you pick 10th or better anywhere in the first round for their fourth-year team option. That, in my opinion, is going to be a, a huge question that they face heading into October of 2024. Now, they can afford it, and they have to meet a salary floor, but it's going to be a question they're going to have to answer for themselves. Talking to Josh Robbins, BetMGM tonight. We talked a little bit about the Magic, right? Big surprise in the Eastern Conference team that's kind of taken that next step. One of the teams I loved going into this year on the West side of things was the Thunder. But now we got the Timberwolves, too. The West right now just yeah. looks weird, right? You got the Timberwolves at 15-4 and four at the top of the Western Conference. You got the Thunder sitting there at 13-6 and six right behind them. Which team right now so far has been the bigger surprise to you with their start? I'd say the Wolves. I'd say the Wolves. Uh because after last year, it would have been very difficult to find a bunch of NBA insiders who thought that the Gobert-Towns pairing would work. The number of people who were down on Gobert were, I can't even count, I couldn't even count them all. <laughs> uh, and yet this vision that they had prior to making this very somewhat controversial deal that became very controversial as the season went on, uh, has come to fruition. And yes, so Gobert himself has had a comeback and the vision appears to have been far more sound than anyone gave them credit for late last season. But really the guy who makes that go is Anthony Edwards. And he's not just a star right now, he's looking like he will be a superstar. Yeah, he's that number one pick, overall pick, who has actually exceeded expectations. So uh, it's the Wolves who have really surprised me, and perhaps they shouldn't because with all the USA basketball stuff this past summer, 
Anthony Edwards was far and away the best player on that team. And so maybe we should have seen it coming. Certainly maybe I should have. But the Gobert piece, I don't think many people saw that working this year. Yeah. And you know what's funny is like last year I really, really liked the Wolves and I was completely wrong. But I, I liked the Gobert pickup because I thought maybe then you could play Cat more as the stretch four, which I think that's where he's better suited. Like we saw it in the play-in tournament and in some of the bigger games, he was getting in foul trouble really early on. And I thought maybe with Gobert cleaning up on the glass and as the rim protector, that would help him out. But yeah, they've been really good this season. And I wanted to ask you about that because if you look at like the betting market, Anthony Edwards, 30-1 to to win the MVP. Jokic is a huge favorite again this year, plus 150, and to 7-1. In your opinion, I know it's early December. We haven't even hit the Christmas Day games. Who else is playing like an MVP candidate? You have Luka, you have Tatum. Who else has really impressed you this season? Well, I think I think you've made the list right there. <laughs> right. Uh, I kind of took it right? away. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think so. I mean, who am I missing here? Um, Maybe Thanasis. No, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, Giannis. <laughs> there's just so uh, many guys. Like, I feel like, you know, like Shea, there's, there's just like these up-and-coming guys. Halliburton. So many guys, but I don't know I, if they're good enough to win the award yet. Well, right now I would have to say it's it's Jokic's to lose. You know, it's a it's a regular season award, no question. Um, but I think last year, and by the way, la- I vote I vote for that award. And last year, I have to just be transparent with you. I voted for Embiid. I felt like he deserved it, and he did deserve it. But now that I look at it, even though it's a regular season award, certainly in my opinion, the 2022 playoffs, the prior season's playoffs hurt Jokic in last year's regular season voting. It's Again, it's supposed to be a regular season award, and it is, but I think some voters said, well, we voted for him the previous two years, and he won it, but is he really as, as great as that would seem to indicate? Well, he he is that great, and I think that, again, even though it shouldn't have any bearing on things, I think that his performance in last year's playoffs will help him this year. Um, if Boston runs away with things, Tatum will emerge as, as um, if not the number one contender, certainly the second contender. The way the Thunder are going, SGA uh, is deserved. Uh, mm-hmm. But you you listed you you took a little bit of my Thunder, no pun intended. You had all the you had all the <laughs> names there. I tell you what, SGA though, Josh. I mean, that guy's got such a bright future. Yeah. I mean, maybe he doesn't win it this year, but I mean, who knows? If the Thunder yeah. two seed in the Western Conference, hell, there's a chance he starts getting awards, and people love to find that next MVP and give them an opportunity to win it. So, who knows? I love watching him play. Josh Robbins covers the Wizards, the NBA for the Athletic, co-host of the Bullet Points podcast. Make sure you check that out. Really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, man. Hey, pleasure was mine. Pleasure was mine. Yeah. Now. SGA is also kind of add like a step back too, you know. Like yeah. he's at the, the the really good offensive players that can add to their repertoire. Yeah, that's when you start to know they're going to go to that next level. Did you see Chet's now the favorite to win Rookie of the Year yeah. over Wemby? I'm I, people just were handed it over to Wemby. I was like, hold on, pump the brakes. Chet's pretty damn good. I might have another MVP candidate. Julius Ooh. Big Game Randall, yeah, 16 points here in the first half. Uh, Dante Divincenzo hasn't attempted a shot. Well, that's you know. Let's get on that. It's Delaware. Not a, Jesus. I guess it's not a revenge game for him to bet MGM tonight. Nah, he's just happy to be there. Comes up short. Sabonis, the first player this year with a 15 point, five assist, two steal first half. Here's Zion Williamson. Offensive rebound and the flush. 
We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. In-season tournament quarterfinals started last night. Got some elimination going on. Now tonight, Bucks up 61-54 on the Knicks, 455 to go in the second. Ryan, I'm sitting here with a Knicks plus five ticket. So I have a feeling it's maybe one of those uh, one of those sweat kind of nights for me. Not a fan. I prefer not to sweat at all, actually. Just get it over with? Or just know that it's... You know, it's in hand. Nick's Skip up 20 right now. I feel good. Yeah, yeah. I had one of those last night for the first time in a long time, actually. It was uh, my main man, Sam Hauser, over eight and a half points. You've been in on the Sam Hauser points, you said. Yeah, that took about two and a half minutes, so that was nice. Tonight now, I'm in I'm in for the long haul. We got the uh, Fighting Illini is two-point dogs up 84-80 on Florida Atlantic. This game electric, 416 to go out in the uh, Jimmy V Men's Classic, presented by Corona, by the way, this year. Oh, is it? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Corona guy. Are you? Uh, in the summertime. Not this time of year. I thought you didn't drink beer in the summer. You only drink beer in the winter because you don't want to screw up the six-pack. Well, well, it's a lot harder to have a six-pack in your 30s. Let's be honest here. It ain't, it ain't what it used to be, my friend. No, I like the. I, I admit I like a lot of the, you know, the, the various uh, high noons and yeah. stuff like that in the summer. But if I'm going to have a beer, Corona with a little lime in it, that's good. Wintertime. Yeah. That's when it's all kinds of beers. I go get a, you know, they don't have a lot of choices at National Harbor when I go, but I'll sit and have a have a yingling before the show. Talk to all my guys there at the bar. We talk uh, yeah. talk all kinds of betting. You know, it's fun. I'm a big Corona guy when I go to Quinceañeras. Yeah, or just in general, or only when, when you go to Quinceañeras? Just in general. Okay. But, yeah. I, you know. Don't you re- it, you're a Guinness guy, more, aren't you? I do like a good Guinness. Big yeah. difference. Big difference in those I two, like isn't it? I like it all. There's not a whole lot I don't <laughs> I was gonna like. going to say, you're not, really, you're not really one to turn down a beer. I don't discriminate. Let's, you, you'll take it all. Neither is Scotland. Let me tell you. You want to know somebody that knows their beers? Scott freaking Lynn knows his beers. Not a blue moon guy, though. <laughs> not a blue moon. He made fun of you for getting a blue moon. Like, ridiculed not, you. Not a blue moon Never guy. make fun of anybody for getting a blue moon. It's uh, every 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 beer sponsors, uh, every potential sponsor is a beer sponsor. You're right. So Just God kidding. Bless. Scott never That's, said anything love, about blue moon. We love blue moon. He loves That's them. He loves I them. love it more than most, though, especially <laughs> if you want to send some free product. <laughs> there you go. Not sure if Reed Wallach is a blue moon guy or not, but he is the host of the early read from Betsided as well. Uh, let's... I, I mean, if feel free to comment on any of those things you, that we said about those beers if you'd like. Uh, I'm watching Nick's Bucks right now, and you know it, it's it's a hard to get a read on the Bucks this year, man. I know some of it is you're getting Dame. And the team's a little different. Obviously, Dame is the big addition. They're not as good defensively, but kind of feel like we watched some regression with the Bucks defensively over the last couple of seasons. I see a team that's really talented. I'm not one of those ones to panic at all, but it does feel like they're a little bit of a roller coaster this year, and that feels like, at least to me, maybe you feel differently, that it's that's going to be the type of thing that continues throughout the regular season with them. A lot going on there. First, thanks for having me on as always, guys. Yes. Pumped to be on the show. Two, don't want to ruin any potential sponsors. Not a Blue Moon guy. I do like Coronas in the summer also. And Ryan, I, yeah. am, also, I am also sweating that Illinois plus two and a half ticket uh, at the Jimmy V. So uh, any live updates you could give me as we get down the stretch, I, I think we're at the under four. That'd be great. As for the Bucks, I I was one that was a little more cautious with like the Bucks are the next great super team in this Dame Lillard trade is like a home run. Obviously raises their ceiling, but they also lost Drew Holiday, which was their defensive fulcrum and arguably the best point of attack defender in the entire league. He also now plays for their biggest competition in the East at Boston Celtics, who I would right now rate them as better than the Bucs. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be the story of the Bucs season. They're not going to be able to figure out their defense. Dame is a minus defender. Their depth is non-existent. A.J. Green from Northern Iowa, he's playing really well tonight. But is that really going to be a thing come postseason, or is that like a 
December kind of run here where you got some nice contributions from a guy who won't be part of the playoff rotation. So really not sold on Milwaukee. Can they go to the finals? Absolutely. Have one of the few teams that could probably pull that off. But I do think like championship ceiling, I'm not there. I still think it's probably Denver, then probably Boston, and then you got a little bit of a drop-off. And I put uh, Milwaukee in, in a second tier, to be honest with you. Yeah, who's that other team in the East then? I mean, Orlando is fun, um, especially for like future and winter purposes. They're magical, but Ryan. They're, they're probably magical. Not true contenders. And then, I mean, <laughs> Philly started off hot. I mean, they're six to one, but is there another team even in the East for you, or is it just Boston, Milwaukee, really? Uh, I, I would put Philly close to that tier. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can necessarily buy all the way in and say like this team's going to go to the finals, but I think Philly getting rid of Harden like is being really undersold here and how good they look. Maxi, I went to Net Sixers a few weeks ago. Maxi looks like just another level better than Harden last year, better than Harden this year. I think Maxi is the real deal. And also, how about the upgrade from Doc Rivers, who is as bottom as you could get <laughs> in terms of postseason coaching, to Nick Nurse, who in my opinion, top three coach in the league, has won a championship before. So I do think Philly, given the fundamental flaws with Milwaukee, given the coaching issue and maybe lack of high-end championship winning upside that Boston has, I could see a world where Philly makes a run. I don't know if I'm going to put my money down on it, but I wouldn't, you know, come June be like, oh my God, this is shocking that Philly's playing Denver in the finals or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, Nick Nurse won a title his first year in Toronto. I think a lot of people yeah. forget about that because by the end, players just got clearly got sick of hearing what he had to say. But that, like, that happens with coaches all the time. Sometimes you feel like you just need a new message, a new voice, and also sometimes maybe a guy that understands a little bit more how to, you know, go ahead and not let himself just be out coached every single game. Anyway, I don't want to go on a random Doc Rivers because he's not coaching anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Well, I mentioned watching Knicks Bucks obviously right now. Look, I'm a Knicks fan. I've suffered a long, long time. What's the upside to this Knicks team, the way it's currently constructed right now to you? Uh, a feeding ground for a high-end talent to be traded there probably is where, like, you start – that's where you start talking about, like, the upside. Like, this All year right. is currently – I like that. I like that. This year, okay. I, I personally think that the Knicks may have waited a little too long to push in their chips because you start to see these other teams begin to enter – the fray is ha like if a superstar was to ask out and say, I want to trade and the Knicks are on my short list. The, uh, the other teams are starting to enter the fray where they have a lot of attractive packages. I mean, I, like I'm a Nets fan. The Nets have a lot of attractive picks down the stretch where they could start to mm -hmm. put up a formidable offer. I do wonder if the Knicks, there's a fine window. If maybe they've kind of missed it where they can really put the right piece around it. Cause now you've paid RJ Barrett. Julius Randle is a negative asset in terms of the trade market. I just wonder where are the Knicks putting together like a godfather offer because some of their picks are protected. Some of the team might be too good to really give up their picks. They're still young. They're kind of in this weird in-between stage. As for the Knicks right now, I do think their ceiling was kind of realized last year. Second round, competitive series, maybe breakthrough to the conference finals. Like finals contender as currently constructed, no way. Uh, as close to zero as you could possibly get. Yeah, and honestly, man, when I look at the Nets roster, too, I mean, you got guys that can get buckets, too. We knew Cam Thomas could be that guy. He's, I mean, he's only played in 10 games this year, but he's averaging 26 points a game. Mikhail mm -hmm. Bridges has turned into, like, a legit all-star since he got traded. They're not just a defensive specialist. Like, people kind of labeled him beforehand. Cam Johnson, I... 
Do you feel like at all the Nets are maybe underachieving a little bit this year with some of the talent they have on that roster? I, it's funny because I, when the Nets had the high-end talent, I was like the biggest optimist and thought that this was like, you know, they were going to win it all and all that. And, uh, you know, I was obviously a little blinded to what was really going on. This team, I, I think, has honestly overachieved. I think that there's – I personally think that this team, being above 500 right now, granted they've been a little banged up and they've really made do, and I've been impressed with what the team's been able to put out there. And I just think that the – there's such a small gap night to night in the NBA right now because there's such a plethora of talent across these teams that the difference between good and bad is like so small. And on any given night, pretty much any team could beat any team. I'm I'm outside of like what like three teams at the top and three teams at the bottom. Pretty much it's up for grabs every night. A team could have an outlier performance from one of their better players. So I do think the Nets are playing close to their upside. I do question this current roster, what it could really do. I personally think it's probably playing game, probably an early exit, and I can enjoy my summer as a Nets fan. <laughs> but when you talk about the next piece, I do think that they're pretty close, and I think that the team is going to – they believe that they're pretty close and they could get one more superstar, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're past the Knicks. We're closer to that Sixers tier. If you know, We're kind of talking about like the state of the East right now. All right, Reed, I'm going to let Nick get back to the NBA, but I do have to ask you, since I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks, I was out for eight days. I had no voice. We get the college football playoff. You get Alabama, one-point dog. It's a pick against Michigan, total 45-and-a-half. Texas, four-point favorites against Washington, total 64-and-a-half. Any leans or plays for you in the playoff early on? So I bet Washington and I bet the over in the Sugar Bowl. I think it's interesting when you talk about the playoffs and how these four shook out and who matches up with who. I actually think a lot of teams would rather match up with like the other team. Like I, I don't think a lot of teams are necessarily thrilled. At least in my, I don't know if they're thrilled. They're probably just thrilled they're in it. But uh, like from me, from a matchup perspective, I think Michigan is better off getting Alabama than Texas, and I think Washington is better off getting Texas than Alabama. I think Texas's real concern is in the secondary. It's been lightly tested, but when it's been tested, it's failed. It's outside the top 100 in explosive pass defense. Who has arguably the best passing offense in the country and gets a month off to get healthy and take a breath after the craziest run through the regular season ever? That's Washington, who Texas is playing. So I do wonder if Washington is able to spread out Texas and maybe get some points on the board. I also think late game situation, we saw in the Red River game, Steve Sarkeesian kind of uh, choked up a little bit there late in the game. Uh, what has Washington been doing? Like, ballsy, epic fourth down calls and, like, no fear and, like, the eye of defeat. Like, Kalen DeBoer. Uh, I want to bet on that guy in a big game. So, I like Washington. I honestly think that they're very live to win. I also like the over because yeah. I think both teams are going to put up some big points. Rose Bowl, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I think... I see the case for both sides. I am personally on the Michigan side. Uh, I have a future on them from early in the season, so I hope it gets there. I do think, though, that Alabama, of course, has a bunch of edges. I just want to note, two weeks ago, they should have lost to Auburn. Mm -hmm. I, like, they, like, that was two weeks ago where this wasn't even debated. Michigan gets the walkover against Florida State. So I know everyone just watched them beat Georgia, but they also played their best game possible. There's also a lot of times where Alabama looked pretty pedestrian, it's really going to come down to can Michigan stay ahead of schedule and maybe flash a few explosives that they didn't have to show in the Big Ten, whereas Alabama, 
it's almost the opposite. Can they be down-to-down successful, which they haven't really been this season, but Milrose kind of bailed them out with the explosive plays, one of the best downfield throwers this entire season. That's It's almost like opposites. Can Michigan prove that they could stay sustained and throw the ball down the field? And the opposite is Alabama. Can they stay ahead of schedule and not be like third and long against this Michigan team with a defensive line can really pin their ears back? So I, I well, lean Michigan. It, Reed, we got I a couple of minutes here. Yeah, Sorry. Well, I mean, are you where where are you on the Florida State getting excluded from the playoff? Okay, <laughs> I personally, as a college football purist, I think they they got host like a hundred percent. Like yeah. they deserve to get in. I think it's ludicrous that Alabama got in over Florida State. Like the the games have to matter. I know we've said that. Like it's almost boring at this point talking about it. I I understand why they put in Alabama. They truly thought that Alabama, who I mean. They're a pick them against Michigan in the Rose Bowl and, and you know, another pick them or they'll be favored against Washington or pick them against Texas, whatever. So I, I understand they're trying to put the best four teams in right now, but like, what's the point of playing the games, right? Like to me right. as a college football fan, like the people who come in for the playoff, like the, the big suits and the corporate people, like that's not the point. Like they're, they, I know they pay the bill. So I guess that's who matters. But like the college football fan to me is like, Florida State deserves to get in. They should get in. Alabama, you should not lose to Texas at home by double digits, and then you would have gotten in. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm i already over it, but I do think Florida State, they have, like, some serious, like, they should be pissed off 100%. Completely agree. Like, for our eyeballs, product, I think these are probably the best matchups. But, man, like, Florida State, how do you punish them? I mean, non-con game against LSU. You also have to look at, like, when they schedule these games. I know Clemson was down, but they went into Death Valley Beat Clemson. Granted, they shouldn't have, and I bet Clemson in the game. They should have won up two (laughs) scores, but Klubnik fumbles the ball away. But still, uh, so I'm completely with you, man. Um, Anything else uh, that you like? I was looking at the MVP market. Once again, Jokic is a huge favorite going back to the NBA. Any uh, award markets or anything else that you played so far? NBA, uh, you mentioned the Magic earlier. I have a bunch of Magic uh, to win the division long odds. Like, these things are gone. So Magic, no more. Um, One player that I think is pretty interesting. Sixth man of the year. Haven't played myself, so I, I might sit on a little bit, but one person I have my eye on, Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Hawks. Like, to me, sixth man of the year almost hasn't even started yet. All You have, like, seven guys, eight guys that are all averaging, like, 15, 4, and 4 on, like, good teams and whatever. But I, I think Bogdanovich, this Hawks team, they're underachieving relative to their record, and Bogdanovich is playing really well. The Hawks are playing, like, plus five when he's on the floor. He's shooting the ball really well. It takes like a, a two-week heater for him to go from 25 to one to five to one. We just saw it. Um, Cole Anthony's like currently on this like rise from like 50 to one down to 16 to one. So keep an eye on Bogdanovich. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you're looking at now that 25 to 1, like you said, that could change very quickly with Cole Anthony 8 to I mean, Emmanuel quickly was a heavy favorite. I remember at the end of last year, and then he doesn't even win. Reed Wallach, great to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Hey, thanks, guys. It's 71-70, Bucks over the Knicks. We're the still first having half. to finish the first half. It's Ben MGM tonight. And DiVincenzo hasn't scored. Oh, I'm a loser. No, he hasn't. <laughs> I think you got to. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Oh, watching the 49ers dismantle those Philadelphia Eagles. 
was beautiful, Ryan. I loved watching it. Debo Samuel in that offense. I mean, when they're healthy, I don't know how anybody can stop them. You know, it's not just the NFL, though, going on. We got bowl season coming up. I know you're excited about it. A lot of meaningless sponsored games, but you know what you can do with those meaningless sponsored games? You can bet on them. Oh, yeah. You can also do the college football bowl pick'em challenge that BetMGM's got going on right now. They're giving our online sportsbook customers opportunity to win a grand prize of up to $25,000 if you predict the most college football bowl games against the spread correctly out of everybody that's eligible for this. So you can go in there. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of just like uh, I've been in you ever been in those Pick'em leagues before? Of course oh, yeah. you have. Yeah, oh, you yeah. are. Yeah. Right? Kind of kind of the same idea except this one here. Yeah. It's from BetMGM and it's got $25,000 on the line, which is a little bit better. You just log in, you go to your account, you go to the promotions tab, and you just access the BetMGM College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge. It's right at the top. It's not very hard to find. You know, you navigated the app, navigated the website a million times. It's simple. You just complete and you submit the BetMGM College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge Entry. And when it's submitted, you sit, you wait, and you pray. Yes. And that's really what it comes down to, right? You go in, you feel good about these bowl games. I know you're the you're are you the type of person, I feel like you are, that goes in, you're betting on every single bowl game, and you've got to play in every single one of them, right? Not every single one, but the majority of them. What I try to do is, and I know a lot of people like to wait on bowl games and they mm. like to wait and see who's gonna play, who's not gonna play, who's gonna opt out. What I do is I bet a couple where I have a good idea where, um, like, for example, uh, Bo Nix is going to play against Liberty. That yeah. doesn't really matter. I still think Liberty ends up covering that game. But I just try to grab Would a couple numbers. Would that be numbers. part of your college football bowl pick'em challenge picks? You know it. Although, we, I don't think we're allowed to win. Are we allowed to win, Scott? No, I don't They're think we are. They're not going to let us win, are they? I don't think we are. But I do like to get in the bowl pick'ems. And if yeah. you're able to, I would do that. Because, I mean, you know, the money, the prize, that's a lot of money right there. Uh, yeah. And it's just so fun. Because, like you said, you don't want to bet every game individually. That could be pretty dangerous. Yes, you don't it know can. who's going to be out there. Mm-hmm. But you could just pick who's going to win. And uh, I love the bull pickums. We used to do that at my last station, or the station before my last station. When I was out in Iowa, we used to do this. Creston, Iowa. We would do it. At, we would go to all the local bars, and I would pick up the sheets, and everybody would compete for prizes. And I had a year where I actually went perfect. I picked uh, now not against the spread, just outright every single winner of every single bowl game. It'll never happen again, but uh, I do have a lot of fun <laughs> with it. That said, really quick before we get to the NFC, i got to throw out a couple because the numbers okay. have already changed as I look. All right. Uh, Old Dominion is playing Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky opened up as four-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now two-and-a-half-point dogs in that game. Their entire offensive line is pretty much transferring, so I bet Old Dominion, money line. Uh, one more I want to throw out, Louisville, from six-and-a-half to seven-and-a-half-point favorites against USC. That game is going to mean everything to Brom and Louisville. That game is going to mean absolutely nothing to USC. It's going to be a bunch of um, young dudes out there. Caleb Williams has already opted out, so I like Louisville. And then the last one, I bet Missouri is six-and-a-half-point dogs. They're now one-point favorites. I still like them against Ohio State. Goes back to that game. What is it going to mean to Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvin Harrison's not going to play in that game. Kyle McCord's transferred. You, would you know, there's a lot we need to talk about. We haven't had oh, a yeah. chance to do being out for yeah. the last week. But I do. And that, yeah. again, that game's going to mean everything to Missouri. So those are a couple I wanted to throw out just because the numbers are gone. Uh, but I still do like those. Love the bull pick them. I wish I could jump in with everybody because that's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, you can. You just can't win. I'll have to use a fake name. You, you, I guess Nick, you could Nick do that. Nick Papa Giorgio. I'll have Amanda. You know what I do? Like, sometimes? Yeah. Just have Amanda do it for me. Yep. Yep. There you go. Have her sign up, and you just give her all the answers, and there you go. Although, she's my wife, so maybe I'll have to... Maybe we'll have to get divorced for bowl season. Yeah, yeah. She could go back to being Amanda Stanton. With how how often you uh, have to sit and watch football, she may want to just divorce you during bowl season, so I don't know. 
Even then when, come back when it's all said and done. I had no voice, could not defend myself. <laughs> and she was like, um, we were like talking, and she was like talking at me about football. And she's like, and then even after football season, it'll be something. What's next week? Women's basketball? And I wrote down, well, I don't watch that. <laughs> I just bet it. Okay. It's funny because my wife says the same thing to me. Yeah. The fact that our wives haven't hung out yet and we've been doing the show together for a year now is an injustice, I think. Because yeah. they, I think, have a lot to they have a lot to talk about. Well, they could hang out and we could watch college hoops. <laughs> there you because go. She was getting excited about like college football season being over, and I was like, eh, I got bad news yeah. for you. <laughs> college it, basketball is here. You know when everything is slow? July. Yeah. July is the month for, for us. now. Yeah. Unless the Cubs get Otani. Well, that's true. Then I might be I might be doing the uh the bet for the cycle with Cody Decker and downtown Rob Brown. You and, don't. You, and our do guy you really, Mario. If I'm, I'm not getting Otani. Be honest. Be I don't honest. think it happens. That's what I wanted to know. But I mean, like if you're Otani, right? I get you want to win. You're a competitive mm-hmm. guy. You have not reached the postseason yet. But do you really want to take the easy way, or do you want to take the hard <laughs> way? The hard way is joining the lovable loser. Sure, we got a World Series in 2016, but we thought we were building a dynasty, and then the next year that whole thing was over. Everybody actually regressed. You want to come? You want to come to the good guys? Help out the good guys, the little guy. You know, you know what I mean. Like nobody. If, if you're a head coach, Nick, okay, mm-hmm. do you want to go to Alabama and take over Nick Saban's program, or do you want to maybe go and take over like I don't know, JMU or Maryland, build that thing from the ground up, make a name of yourself? Well, here's why those aren't comparable. Because I would take Alabama and take the money yeah. and just go win right away and yeah. have the job security. Yeah, and you also, though, don't want to be the guy that follows the guy. So oh, being the guy that, guy that follows Nick Saban, you don't really want to be that guy. But I will say this. That's a great pitch for the Cubs. Well done. Yeah. I think they should. we should get that out on the internet. Bulls tried that with LeBron James, kind of, but not yeah. so much. They actually had a pair of Michael Jordan sneakers. We get LeBron. We... They get LeBron into the building, Gar Foreman and John Pax and all those doofuses. God knows where those guys are right now, bagging groceries somewhere. Well, not Paxson because he's an NBA legend, three title wins. Uh, and they get LeBron into the building, and they hand him a stupid Jordan sneaker, and they say, can you fill these? That's how they tried to pitch LeBron to come to Chicago. Horrible pitch. I thought we had a shot at Mello. I'll never forget driving past the United Center eight times in a row. Just back and forth, back and forth, because mm-hmm. they had the mellow number fifteen Bulls jersey on the UC. This is this is like prime mellow, and then he chose to go back to the Knicks. Because yo, because that was when he was never already nice he'd already things. been on the Knicks, and he was back to free agency yeah. again, right? Yeah, I My remember he was never getting nice things. He was well, trust we get me. like Alfonso Soriano two years too late. Mellow the second, <laughs> mellow the second part of that contract, you didn't want him, so you weren't really missing out on. I don't much, know trust though me. with D Rose. Well, D Rose ends up tearing his meniscus, so it doesn't right. matter. Yeah, yeah, there was you know it is it's. Uh, you know sports what? suck. I mean, they're fun, but, like, you know, as a fan, yeah. Well, mostly, listen, sports is mostly about suffering. Like, let's be honest with ourselves here. That's why I love seeing the Patriots lose as much as they're losing right now. Because there are Patriots fans that were born 20 years ago that have no idea what it's like to be a fan of a bad team until really this year. They've been bad before, but not like this. The Patriots are the worst team in the NFL. They yeah. are unwatchable. They're so bad, Ryan that the NFL was willing to sacrifice Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football because they didn't want us to have to see the New England Patriots and that god-awful team that they've got. They said, you know what? We're going to take Mahomes off because you're playing the Chiefs. We, we can't. Nobody needs to watch the Patriots anymore, which I'm really not looking forward to Thursday because, well, we've got the Patriots and Steelers with that. But, yeah, it's mostly about suffering. That's That's what you have to go through. The New England Patriots this past Sunday against the Chargers – Gave up six points and still did not cover. 
Six points, and they still did not cover. It is bad, man. Mac Jones, he has the Zach Wilson syndrome right now where it like, doesn't look like he even wants to be yep. there. Bailey Zappi yep. is not an NFL starting quarterback. Mm. Shout out to Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky, of course. Nobody wants to be there. I'd rather see Malik Cunningham out there. Give him a shot. Let's see what he can do. Zeke, yeah, and they finally at least uh, they activated put him on the him roster. From the, yeah, like to the active roster, but that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, at this point of the season, like, see what you have in some of these guys. There's or, just, yeah. Like, go out there and at least try to put on, like, put out, put out, like, a product for your fans. Like, guys that, like, want to be there and are going to give effort because right now I don't see that. And we know that these guys aren't giving full effort because some of them are mic'd up after the game and they're like, yeah, you're lucky. We're ass. Like, we're no good. And then they have to apologize for it. No, so you what are you apologizing for? You're like, ass. You're, you're ass. I mean, you, 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 you gave up six points you didn't cover. They're such a bad watch. And yet there I am every other week with a Patriots ticket in my hand. Why? With closing line value of like three points. I don't know. They're that team this year. Them, the Panthers, who finally did cover this past week. Like, they're just one of those dumb teams where it's like, ah, the price doesn't really make sense. But it does because, like, they're, they suck. They're 2-10, and 10, and I don't even remember who they've beat. Like, I honestly have to go back and look. Who have the Patriots beat this season? Week 1, um, I bet them against the Eagles. <laughs> that was It was 14 nothing in the first quarter, and I was like, what have I done? This team is, is bad. And we thought at least, like, offensively, they were going to improve because Matt Patricia was no longer calling the right, plays. Right. They bring in Bill O'Brien. But, God, it's been a mess. So this season... Yeah, they beat the Jets 15-10. to 10, That slobber knocker. Mm-hmm. And they beat the Bills. Oh, yeah, they beat the Bills. 29-25. I don't remember it's Crazy that. to think they put up that. They a, scored 29 points. Yes. October 22nd. In one game. There was, there was one point on Sunday where the Patriots team total was three and a half for the entire game. And I was this close to betting the under, and I Iowa wish I did. I was crying. This seems like it was years ago. Mac Jones in this game against the Bills, 25 for 30, 272 yards, yeah. two touchdowns. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne had – I do remember this game. I mean, it was a couple weeks ago, so Chad obviously. Chad Ryland but, was making field goals. Remember when he could do that on a regular basis for a professional team? Gosh, they're bad, man. man. Did you ever think that you would live to see the Patriots be this bad? Like, while yes. Bill Belichick is there, though. Uh, yeah, because eventually this stuff comes around and coaches tend to stay. Like, Belichick should have retired the year after Brady left. I thought I mean, as honestly. bad as it was going to get was going to be like the Cam Newton year. And then I thought, okay, he'll get his quarterback. All right, I'll, I, I didn't think it was going to be this horrible. I mean, it's a clear bottom out. Let's just try it. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to get themselves a great quarterback in this draft, and they're going to be right back on top in a couple of years. Maybe. I, I hate don't to know. think it, but... I don't even know that Bill will be there. Well, yeah, he may be gone after this year. And I don't even know. Hmm. I don't want to say that. I don't know that I'd want Bill. It depends. If I'm the Chargers... The Chargers are the team that's been thrown around. Check. Okay, then I want him because do I, I keep Kellen Moore. I don't hate the offense. I just hate the defense. Well, the, command, like the commanders have been thrown around. I See, want I nothing hate, to do with it. It doesn't make sense. That, that I would he's hate. From, he's, he's, he's from, he has ties to the area, Annapolis. I wouldn't so, want it. I wouldn't want it. Unless no. it's like... You're bringing in like a Ben Johnson to run the offense, and Bill's just in charge of the defense. I don't, I don't want an Dude, old coach. No the, retreads. Even the Patriots' defense is no good this yep. year. Yep, it's they're. I mean, they're a complete and utter disaster at this point. And yeah, you know what I will say though, I'm excited because apparently the Commanders are sought after as one of the premier jobs now for head coaching candidates. We may have Ben Johnson in DC next Jim year. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, no, bring the I don't khakis, want that. the steak, the no. milk, and the sign stealing. <laughs> you know what? If they win games, I don't give a damn. It's like, well, you I know, know I, wish, I wish all my teams would cheat because then I, they wouldn't suck. You know what? The Patriots cheated a lot. They got a lot of Super Bowls. Yeah.
Rick I Flair cheated a lot. That's why he's got 17 world titles. I'll take all the cheating if my team wins, damn it. Everybody cheats anyway. All these teams cheat. Except my wife. Well, well that, we're not talking about that. Oh. At MGM tonight.